Hi, I'm Randy Kleiner. And I'm Kaylee Smith-Westbrook. As the co-founders of Series Fest, we welcome you to Breaking In, a Series Fest podcast. In 2015, Series Fest began its mission to champion and empower artists at the forefront of episodic storytelling by providing year-round opportunities for creators and industry experts to connect, collaborate, and share stories. We are thrilled to expand our mission with this podcast as we talk to working professionals in television and gain insight, advice, and hear their journey of breaking in. Today, Kaylee and I are speaking with producer Valerie Stadler. Stadler started her career as a producer, co-founding Fat Chance Films, where she developed the play Pray for Rock and Roll, which was adapted into a feature film, and went on to produce Cave Dweller for Showtime, starring Kira Sedgwick and Aidan Quinn, Life of a King, starring Cuba Gooding Jr., Sunset Stories, which also marked her debut as a screenwriter, and the feature documentary Fallen Star Finding Home, which she also co-directed. Stadler was the head of production and development for Fluency, a multi-platform studio under NBCU Hispanic Enterprises, where she executive produced several films, including Fat Camp, which sold to BET. In winter 2017, Valerie, along with partners Kira Sedgwick and Meredith Bagby, formed Big Swing Productions, committed to celebrating new heroes and amplifying bold voices by focusing on stories with heart and purpose. They believe we all deserve the chance to take a big swing. In 2019, Big Swing Productions partnered with Series Fest for a women writing competition. Valerie joined us that summer at Series Fest Season 5, where she participated on our Identity and Inclusion LGBTQ Representation in Television panel and screened Big Swing's independent pilot, Girl Weekend. Hi, Valerie. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm good. It's been a, a morning already, but I'm I'm really happy to be here. Well, Randy and I are excited to sit down and chat with you. Um, you've been a great supporter of Series Fest. We loved doing the women writing competition with you and, you know, being a mentor and, and storytellers and everything you're doing. Um, we're just really grateful that you're here because you're in the middle of prepping a movie. <laughs> oh, I am. I know. It's sort of a welcome relief, actually. And I mean, just back at you guys, I'm so impressed with both of you. And I I, I had, didn't know what Series Fest was when I first got invited there. It was a few years ago by now. And um, it's just such an impressive endeavor. I also always love anything that is like woman started, women run, women powered. And I just you know, that's always such a great thing because, you know, I like women just get stuff done. And I just um, think there's also such a great need and such a great space to kind of talk about what's happening in television. I mean, as you said, I am prepping a movie right now, so I definitely straddle between both worlds. But it's such a it's such a great adventure right now and what's happening in TV that um, it's pretty exciting what you guys are doing. Thank you. Well, you also have a female run production company big swing. Um, but I kind of want to go back to the beginning because I actually don't know how you got into the industry. And I was reading a bio about you online that I found and it said you developed a play. I was like, I didn't even know Valerie did theater. Like, how have we not talked about this yet? Because um, Randy <laughs> and I come from theater backgrounds. So uh, yeah. tell us, how'd you get into the industry and get started? Uh. Yeah. You know, it's so funny, right? I mean, I started my career. I mean, it's so sometimes I even laugh because I think, you know, it's like when you get to do things you love and, you know, I use the word career and I'm like, I just get to play, you know, that's how I feel. And I feel so lucky all the time. But um, I started out, I was a musician in San Francisco and I ran this punk rock club called The Farm. And it was, you know, it was this big um, music space. And we had all these bands, we would have these giant shows with bands come in all the time. And that was, you know, something that I did for, you know, like all of my twenties and, you know, <clears throat> I'm not going to get into that, but for quite a while, and it was so much fun, you know, and then one day it was, it's sort of like, I got to this point where I was like, God, I love doing all this creative work and I love being around, you know, music, but I wanted to, I wanted to tell stories that, you know, in a longer format and I I was at always I grew up watching television and movies it was 100% like such a love affair for me and um and I also was like god it would also be nice to like see daylight you know because I've been working so much in you know in that industry and so I started I started from you know 100% from the ground up I'm not a person that went to film school not a person that you know 
really went to school much at all. And I always have been a person that's like, if I'm interested in doing something, I do it by learning from the very, like every piece of it. So I think I started as a PA. I'm really honest. God, do I want to say this out loud? I started as a PA in porn, which is its whole No way. It's oh my true. gosh. You, you said at, the be- at the beginning of this interview, you said, I hope I'm not boring. Okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? I just needed a job and someone was like, can you do this? And I was like, I mean, I guess so. And I started and I, and it was such a, it was such a terrible fit for me because I just felt so terrible. Like, you know, it was like, I felt bad for everybody there. They felt bad for me because I had this terrible car and they were like, you're so poor and weird. And I was like, but you're doing porn. And I was like, and it wasn't like judgy, but it was just like a weird fit, you know? Um, but I realized that it was a job that I really kind of loved, I, you know, the sort of idea of making things. And so, you know, I very quickly, you know, wound up realizing that that was not the perfect space for me, but I instantly was like, oh, this is an interesting, you know, this is an interesting idea. So I started to, to, to work with, um, people that I knew I had a good friend who was in the experimental film space, which is hilarious because I also like, I'm not, God, I'm really going to regret all these things I'm saying right now, but I'm not, (laughs) I'm not a huge fan of experimental film only because I think it's like too smart for me in a way. Like, like I like movies, you know, that I, that, I, that are more narrative informed, but I had a friend and she made these films that were actually like just wonderful. And I, it was in that experimental space. And I was like, I can help you with that. So I started helping her. And then I, I just fell in love with the idea of working, you know, in film. So I just worked my way up and I have pretty much done you know, every job you can imagine, especially on indie film. I came up in indie film and, you know, on indie film, we're all like, you know, it's a little all hands on deck. It's a, you know, it's a slightly different um, sort of culture, I would say, than bigger studio films, just because you have less people and there's a little more wiggle room between departments. Um, And so, I mean, I worked in locations on the way up a lot because I, this is a really interesting thing if you're producing independent film, which I know is not the focus of this, but being in the locations department is kind of this amazing way if you have to wear two hats, because I would stay in the creative side of every conversation. You're always in the room. It's such an important piece of it. And yet you can do something that's like actually really, you know, um, like just like that you can touch. It's very tangible. It's like everyone loves it when you're like, our locations are locked, you know? So I, I, I did that coming up. And then ultimately, you know, for me, the real love affair for me is um, storytelling and words. And, you know, so where I have sort of naturally gravitated is, um, you know, I do a lot of development. I work with a lot of writers. Um, I've written stuff myself, but I just love the process of, you know, making sure that the story on the page is, you know, is as well told as we as we can make it. And I just love to kind of get inside the brains of of writers and try to work with them to really understand what is that thing you're trying to tell? What is that, you know, what is that vision and how can we how can we get there and how can we like, you know, you know, what's that note under the note, you know, if you will. Um, And so that's a very long answer to I, you know, I just I just like everything in my life, I just found my way to what I'm doing now by doing things and then arrived at today. I love that. No, that's an, inc- it's an incredible story and what, what a phenomenal journey. Um, <laughs> um, uh, you know, the development process is, uh, you know, it's such an interesting, I think, process and done so differently at many different places. You know, how, how is your, what is your approach to development? Mm, that's a good question. You know, I think, I think my approach to development is is pretty much like first and foremost is that I really love and respect writers and I know how hard it is. And so I think that there's this idea. And also, I really believe like in any process of making anything, it's like it's like developing trust is so key to me, you know, making sure that the people with, that you're working with trust you, that you trust them, that there's a sense of like where, you know, like um, relationship, there's so much intimacy 
involved in writing. Um, so I'd say like, that's a first step is making sure first and foremost that like, I'm the right person and we're a good fit. You know, um, if I'm not the right person, we're not a good fit, then I want to help that person find their, find, find whoever it is. Because usually if it's a story that I want and that I'm interested in, I'm like, I want to help you or I want to see it. And whichever those things are, I'm here for that. Um, I think that's, you know, an, a sort of a, an ethos that I, I like to have. Um, once, once we sort of figured that stuff out, right. Like once we've kind of decided, and that's usually pretty quick, like usually you can kind of get a vibe. I'm a little vibey, like, I'm not going to lie. So I think that, you know, if you get a vibe with someone and you feel like, Hey, this is, this seems right, you know, then, um, you know, we'll pretty much, you know, go then, and you can find that out pretty quickly. I think at that point, one of the things I really like to do is, is find out in with a particular writer, how they like to work. Um, depending whether we're working in film or television, they're, they're two sort of different ideas. So if we're developing an idea for TV, you know, then that's like a very particular track and we can get into the specifics of that versus if we're like developing a script that's written and we're doing, you know, rewrites or diving in. But I would say, you know, first and foremost is like, you know, every writer has a way that they like to write and a way that they like to work. So understanding what that is, I think is really key. And then also taking in, you know, looking at that and then taking my experience, you know, for what it's worth. Um, I also want to just say as a caveat, anything I say is my opinion. It is not a fact. Anything I, I communicate is like how I work, but there's a thousand hundred thousand ways for anyone to work. And sometimes when I talk, it sounds like I'm saying things that are like facts when they're actually just like what I think. So I just want to like, as a little caveat, make sure that that's clear. Um, but I think, you know, in working with the writer, I think the first thing is to get a real sense of what it is that they want to do and, and what their process is. And then I have some ideas of what I think works. And hopefully there's a way that I can, you know, sort of meet them with some processes, you know, that we have, you know, just around how to approach story, how to approach. I'm a big fan of outlining. I think it saves people a lot. I mean, but then I found people that just don't like it. Um, so I think it's that it's a little bit of push and pull around, you know, um, you know, when I was younger, I would think I would, I, I was more about imposing my will, you know, in general, like in all facets of facets of my life. And now I'm, a, I'm a little more about, um, you know, figuring out what works for someone at the end of the day, what we want to do is make sure though, that the story is just really well told. And we want to make sure, um, that it's funny. I think sometimes the, the biggest question is like, is there subtext? Is there, you know, every, it, you know, if you have a problem on page 90, usually the problem started on page one. And that's usually the hardest thing to get people to get their minds around. Um, if, especially young writers, cause I love working with, um, writers that are newer. Um, I don't know why it's just something that I've always done. I've been a mentor for years in like at Outfest and other organizations. And so, yeah. Anyways, that's a pretty rambly answer to the, your question. <laughs> Not at all. I think that was a great answer. And I'm curious if you'd be willing to go in a little bit more to, you mentioned developing television is different than developing film and how you approach developing television. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing about developing TV is... Typically, we won't we won't necessarily develop a script. Right. A lot of times, especially these days, what we'll do is, you know, first, you know, so it, so starting at the very beginning. Right. It's like you either have an original idea or you have IP. We're living in a world right now where everybody is like obsessed with IP. You want a book, you want a podcast, you want to, you know, you want to I mean, a, like, you know, remake something, you know, <laughs> reinvent something, you know, but but they, we're just. That, that things come and go in fashion, but right now that seems to be something that is making buyers in particular feel a little more relaxed is this idea that there is some sort of an, um, an audience or some sort of an understanding about the property. So that's one way to go. Or another way to go, obviously, is that you have an original idea and you're just creating something. So that's kind of the first thing is like, okay, which, which of those things are you doing? Um, then once you've figured that out, you know, what we usually do is um, start with an idea of, 
you know, what are the pieces that we're going to need to go into the room to pitch this, right? What are the, you know, like overall, I think I'm just going to take like a very, like from the bottom up uh, approach to this. So the question becomes like, what are the, what are the pieces you need to go into the room with? Right. And typically what we'll think is you want to have, um, either the pilot script or more likely the pilot outline. So that's going to be your most detailed document that's really going to kind of lay out this is what this is what the pilot is going to cover and this is kind of how the story how the series is going to is going to um feel and look and I cannot stress enough character character character. Um there's going to be different people and different companies that that you'll work with that are going to have like different kind of ways that they like to structure a pitch. All of this, by the way, is with the goal of pitching, right? The thing about television is that the goal to to TV is that you you get these documents in place and then you get to pitch it to buyers. And then buyers are going to say, yes, we want to buy your, your show or no, we don't want to buy your show. And it's like crazy because you'll have worked on something maybe for six months, a year, two years. And then you have this two weeks of going and pitching it. And then it's like, it's going or it's over. And it's shocking. <laughs> so I think that everyone should just be a little prepared for that. But, um, but you know, the, the documents that will sort of say, these are the things we want you to take into a pitch are um, the outline of the pilot, as I mentioned, which is the most detailed. And the outline of the pilot wants to be driven by character. You can either break out those characters at the top, or you can sort of weave it into your pitch. Some people like to pitch where they're like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then you meet. Elaine. And then let me tell you a little bit about Elaine. And so that might be the way that you talk about character. But honestly, you know, I think sometimes it's easy to conflate um, plot with, you know, with character and character with plot or, you know, and I think, um, you know, if you have these great people and they're complicated and you know who they are, then you can have them. Then the things that they do are so much more interesting. So I, I I would just I would just caution anybody who's starting to put a pitch a pitch together or a pilot pitch together to lean too hard into plot without really understanding who those people are that are driving it. Um, so then then this is a thing also that I think is a really important thing to remember is a lot of times people will say and you know we'll talk about a bible right and and I just want to say out loud for anyone that's listening that doesn't know this. And I used to do this all the time. A Bible is a very specific thing that happens once you sold your show. We're not creating a Bible at this point. What we're creating is a format. And a format is, you know, involves this pilot pitch and it involves the season episodes. And it involves like all that other material about what the world looks like. Every, you, when you go into the room, what you want to do is you want to kind of show people like I always say there's two things that you're doing when you when you go to pitch things, right? It's like you're telling your story and you're managing fears. And I can't really stress enough what the managing fears piece is because you're you're first it's like everyone wants to know that you can tell the story and it's like I know what the story is, I know what the show looks like, I know what the show feels like, I know how the episodes shake out, I know that there's going to be voiceover or I know that it's going to be told from this one person's point of view or I know that it's going to be a procedural or an elevated procedural, or it's going to, you know, be like this, this is us kind of like weird play with time thing. Like everyone wants to know that you have a real handle on that. It could change, but you want, and this goes to the handling fears part, right? It could change, but they want it. You want to go in with like a really clear idea of like, this is, this is the show. Um, and you want it and you want, and, and that you have a very clear vision of what it looks like. The managing fears part, right, is that you have this whole group of people that are hearing things all the time and that are about to say, you know what, let's give them a million, two million, five million, ten million, a hundred million dollars to make this thing, right? And so you, what, what we're also doing when we go in and pitch is we're saying like, we got this. This person, this creative person has this vision. And this team knows how to do this. And like, you're safe here. You're safe here. You're safe of us. And this is going to be great. And so there's this weird element of like, you know, understanding that you're walking into this with a real sense of um, trust us, trust us, you know, 
Um, and, you know, and it's kind of funny because the dance is trust us, we got this, but we're also really flexible, right. <laughs> you know, trust us, we got this, but we want to collaborate, <laughs> you know? So it's this like, it's this kind of great dance that you get to do. Um, that I think, you know, um, if you, you know, when, when you're lucky enough to get into the room, that that's, that's that, that's that first blush of, of hope. You gave us so much great advice there. And I'm wondering if there are some common mistakes that you often see in pitches or things to avoid. Oh my God. That's so funny. As somebody who makes mistakes all the time. Um, <laughs> same. Uh, <laughs> I mean, one thing I would just want to say, and you know, like, um, you know, I mean, just speaking for myself, right. Um, I think it's, I think for the, for the people that are like on the creative side of this, for the people that are like, you know, listening to this with the, with the idea of like, I want to make something, I want to write, I want to, I want to sell a show. I want to be a writer. I want to, I want to produce whatever that looks like. It's like, one thing is like, you know, we're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes. Like that's a thing that happens. So I would just, one, one thing I would like to say from, you know, I made one this morning. It was fantastic. I was like, Oh God, (laughs) you know, about this movie I was like I you know I won't get into it but but I had to walk myself off the ledge right I had to say to myself like oh yeah you know what that was a mistake what would it look like to clean that up right so the first thing I want to say about mistakes in general is like they happen right um and I think that and 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 we can recover from mistakes so I think it's a really great piece of information for 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 me to take into my daily life is um if i say something that i think is not perfect or i did something that was not great it's like i can i I might be able to clean it up in this particular pitch or this particular moment or it might just be something that i'm like oh well yeah that sucked i'm not gonna i'm gonna try not to do that again but i can recover from a mistake and i think that's i just want us all to remember that especially after the year we've had and you know the world is so fucking insane. And, and now I'm cursing. So, um, <laughs> all good. All good. <laughs> okay. But, um, I would say the, I just read a pitch this morning and I'm meeting with someone who's a really, really great writer who I love a lot and it's extremely dense. Mm. So I would say that's a mistake sometimes is like, you don't have to tell everybody everything. In fact, you can't tell everybody everything. Um, so I would say just be mindful, um, you know, that you spend, you know, 20 to 30, especially if we're in Zoom world, right? 30 minutes, I would say is like the outside. I was talking to someone, they were like, you could do 35. It's really engaging. And I would be like, you can. But, you know, I would say that, um, I would say just remember that, like, you know, and also remember that, you know, we're pitching right now or we're getting ready to pitch like a very complicated world building TV show that's like, yeah, it's insane. It's like super complex. And the hardest thing about it is breaking it down to just the pieces that you need and remembering that nobody else understands this world. All the things that that we've been living in for the last year or two that seem like quite normal to us, like that happened in this world that we've created, nobody knows. So a lot of times it's like, what are the most important, the simplest elements that you need to tell your story, to get somebody to fall in love with it? What are those pieces? And that, and that later, right, you'll be able to tell them all that other cool shit that you know, but that they don't necessarily need to know today. So I would say that is a, is a mistake. Um, the other thing just in the actual pitching is, um, you know, try to remember it. Like I always say to people, like pretend there are no stakes, which everyone looks at me like I'm out of my mind because everyone, you walk into these rooms and you think the stakes are up, I'm up to the ceiling and you think it's like make or break, you know, but if it's at all possible to walk in sort of feeling like, you know, this is just me hanging out with some people and there's not really like, it's not like my career depends on this. This could mean everything to me. This could change my life, you know, et cetera. I think sometimes that can, I mean, if you're the kind of person that, that you respond well to that kind of pressure, that's cool. But I have found more than more often than not, if you can make it a little, if you can reduce the stakes a little bit and just 
and just kind of know that like this is one meeting in a series of meetings that you're going to have through your career um and and that and that also helps to kind of level the playing field a little bit and i think when we walk into a room and we feel a little more like we're equals or we feel a little more like you know i'm going to tell you this great story and it's going to be super fun um then i think you know that can be helpful and i also think like we're you know i i I feel like we should be having fun. Like all of it should be fun, right? Like we're making stuff and it's fun. And um, so if there's a way to kind of maintain that sense of like, oh, this is just good fun and everybody and believe and presume positive intent. That's the other thing that I always mm-hmm. like to, to try to do. These are not very concrete things, but I feel like if you walk in and you just assume like everyone wants you to do well, everyone wants to love you. Everyone wants to love your pitch. They may or they may not want to buy it, And you have no control over that, but you might as well assume that everybody's into you because why not? (laughs) I feel like we're going to have to change this podcast name to breaking in real life because I feel like you've given such great advice about approaching. I I keep thinking about my own experiences and and you've given such amazing advice on just life, like approaching life. Oh, Um, hilarious. I mean, isn't that what we do though? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, It's great. Oh my God. I mean, that's what I think of it though, right? Like we're telling stories about life. Like we're like living our life and then we're like writing our life on paper and then we're asking someone to give us money to make our life on on the page. Even if it's like, um, even if it's like in space, or, you know, it's like, oh, this is my life in space because people have problems and solve problems and have issues and solve issues. And it's like, it's basically like, you know, I think of everything as a movie though. I might, it makes my husband want to kill me. Like, you know, I'm always saying steal from our lives. I'm stealing from his life. It's like, everything to me is like, how does that relate to me in terms of, in terms of it's like, it's the way in which I understand how the world works. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned sometimes you go into the pitch with a script and sometimes you go in with an outline. Do you still have the outline prepared even if you have the script or is it if you have the script, is that something you also send before the pitch meeting? Or do you find a lot of times you're going in and you're pitching and then maybe they'll read it? I know that's such a good question. You know, it's so funny because, you know, um, depending on who I'm working with and depending on if we have studio partners or, or you know, what it is, you know, you're always going to get a very particular answer to like, this is how you do it. You know, like this agent will think it's this and this person will think it's that. And, you know, and everybody is and and myself included, like, right, where everyone's like, this is the way we should do this. And it's like very certain and very clear. And the funny thing is, it's like there. Who knows? Right. Like, yeah, um, with younger writers, just to answer your question, I would say with with more first time writers or younger writers, um, you know, in terms of career, not necessarily age, but in terms of credits and career, um, a lot of times you will have a script because it's sort of like proof of the rule. Um, the question becomes like, this is also like about economics and this is just about access, you know? So, um, some partners, some studio partners and some people will say, don't go with the script because it's really easy to say no to a script, right? Mm. If you say, if you go in with a big, like sort of like an outline and this is what the pilot looks like and you talk people through it, then, you know, it's like when you read a book, you're like, in your mind, it looks like this and the people say that. And so the the buyer, then the, the studio partner has, you know, more leeway, I would say is the word, right? To kind of envision it and it's easier. So you'll have those people like, you know, I'm working with someone and she's like, absolutely, I never go in with a script and this is why. And I was like, that totally makes sense. Then, you know, you go to person X and they're like, this script is so perfect, you know, on this other project. They'll be like, this script, that we have to send it first. They have to read it. They have to love it. They have to fall in love with it. And it's essential that we do it that way. You know, so the funny thing is, I think it really depends, Um, you know, and then, you know, um, typically the an, an outline for a script is going to be, you know, like the outline you might use to write a script is going to be different than a pitch document, which is like an outline script. But it's more like, let me tell you a story, you know, so it's not. You know what I mean? So it's not quite an apples to apples thing there. So again, I think it's just kind of, you know, I wish there was, I think we all wish in some, sometimes that, right. Like there was this, like, this is the prescription and this yeah. is how this works. And, 
And if you work really hard and if you're super diligent and you do X, Y, and Z, like if you like have a job at a bank or something, it's like do these things and you're going to get promoted to the next thing. You're going to prove that you can do these things. Then we're going to give you the next job or, or we're going to do this. It's, it's, it's sort of like, doesn't totally work that way in this industry because there's just so many sort of wild cards and points of view. And so much of it is, is luck or, you know, nepotism or access or, you know, like this weird sort of like sheer talent thing, you know, that thing that happens where someone is just feels inevitable, you know? And I think that, um, so I don't know that there is a real answer to your question, Kaylee, other than it's, it depends. Yeah. Yeah. No, good answer. Good answer. Um, so you obviously have this fantastic company, Big Swig Productions. I want to hear a little bit about how that came to be. Um, I, I know you have such a phenomenal mission, and I just want you to share it with our audience. Oh, God, what's our mission? I, <laughs> I love our mission. What is it? That's how I feel today. I love us. What are we doing? <laughs> We've um, all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> um, I mean, so so just like full disclosure, um, you know, I started this company with Kira Sedgwick. And um, Kira, Kira and I have been best friends since we were 13, which represents many, many years of friendship. Um, so we've seen um, each other through like every important, you know, milestone, you know, marriages, deaths, births, you know, uh, and and all the rest. So it's so funny you guys were saying like, you know, it's all about life because like it is, right? Like it's all about life. It's just like, what are those relationships and what are those, you know, um, uh, experiences that inform you as a person? And so so she and I, um, I had been working at, I, I had taken sort of what I consider to be an interesting detour in my career, which is I was hired at NBC Universal, which is like, to, to have, I was the head of production and development for a small like imprint um, under their banner called Fluency. And I had never expected to like work in a corporate job. It was very much like, oh, okay. You know, it's like looking around and it's thinking like it was not, it was not what I had anticipated, but it was a really, really great job for me because it taught me about transactional work, which I had never understood ever. And I, and it was a useful tool because indie film is not super, it's, it's not as transactional as, you know, um, like a corporate gig is. So I was leaving that job. Um, you know, I think, God, I'm just trying to remember, I think Kira and I were at din- like sitting at our house and dinner in LA. And I was like, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what to do next. And I don't know. I was talking to my friend Meredith and I just think I might want to just, I just think I'm at the point where I just want to make things I love. And I just want to focus on, you know, doing the stuff that interests me. And, you know, we love, you know, you know, like, you know, raising up women and being able to hire, you know, tell stories from points of view that we like and tell queer stories and, you know, and then also support stories from, you know, voices of outsiders or, you know, like any, any, just anything, you know, like anything where we got to be the gatekeepers of our own, of our own storytelling. And and she was like, well, I'm going to do that. And I was like, you do? And she she was like, I do. And I said, all right, well, should we do it? And she was like, I think we should do it. And so then it was like, and that was it. It was like dinner. I think we were having stir fry, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, we didn't, we didn't really think about it any more than that, which thank God, because it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous thing to do. And, um, you know, but we just, we just thought like, let's, let's get into it. You know, I had some projects that came with me. So funny. I brought one project with me in particular from, it was a movie from my old job and we're going into production on that in September. Oh, that's amazing. Congratulations. Very exciting. It's exciting. It's a movie. It's, it's, it's exciting. And we're about, um, you know, you mentioned that I'm in pre-production, so I'm leaving on Friday to go to the East coast. And then we're going to Rhode Island to shoot what will be the first film that our company is doing that Kira's directing. Amazing. That's incredible. It's exciting. And, you know, it's been a minute because we, you know, we thought we were going to shoot last summer and then the world happened and everything, you know, sort of went crazy. And then, you know, and so now we're like almost a year to the day of when we thought we were going to shoot it, we're 
you know, we're, uh, we're about to, we're about to go. And it's, it's at that place where everything starts to feel really real. You know, it's like that. I don't know if you guys have this right, but it's like that slippage between this is absolutely the fantasy and like, oh my God, but it's on the whiteboard. It must be happening. It must feel like that before. Do you guys get that before the festival where you're like, what the fuck is happening? And then all of a sudden everybody shows up. <laughs> it literally feels like it. somebody like flipped a switch, you know, where it's, it's all here, you know, or, but then, you know, it's, there's all these people yeah. here and it's into your point. It's very yeah. real and, and brought to life. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it was never real until I got to Denver, like when we'd all fly into Denver and then all of a sudden it became real. So now with the virtual festival, I still don't believe last year happened. I like joke that this year it should be serious fest, like is season 6.5 or something. I mean, it happened and we had great programming, but I'm just like, yes. was I there? Were you there? Who was there? Like, <laughs> no, I totally get that. I know it's so funny. It's almost like you have to like pretend you have to like act yourself onto a fake plane and like get into yeah. it. Like, or like, do you know what I mean? Like do like, cause I totally get that. It's like, I'm getting, I am starting to pack for, you know, being gone for a few months and that it's like all starting to be like, oh, right, this is happening, right? You know, it's like I've been working for ages to make this happen. And I think that's such a funny thing about our job too. It's like you work and work and work and then all of a sudden it's like that switch does, that switch flips and then all of a sudden you're just like right in it. So, but, you know, I think our company ultimately, it's like, we just, we want to make, we want to tell stories. I mean, we always say like, we want to tell, this is corny, but we want to tell stories with heart and purpose, right? Mm. Like, I think that's what we want to do. And I think, you know, we know it when we see it, you know, we understand the kinds of things that we want to make. We want to, we want to, you know, when it's, when there are stories to tell, we'll, you know, we can, we can lead on those, like, you know, like, like the movie that we're making now, like Kira will direct. And we are working with, uh, working with this writer who is just, she's going to do such great things. Her name is Rebecca Banner and she's just wonderful. And it's been such a wonderful experience to work with her. Um, and, you know, um, and then on other stuff, we, you know, partner with, you know, we try to always partner with like the, the writer that's the best, you know, set up to tell whatever story it is, you know, and the last, you know, since we started the company, we've just been like finding material, it's film and television, finding stuff that we want to develop, finding books that we like or articles or, you know, some, some, um, we have some, we have a couple of life rights things, you know, and they're really rangy, right? It'll be anything from like the small story about these two queer boys in Mexico that fall in love to like a big sort of like, you know, nineties, you know, kind of, you know, financial crisis, mm. you know, kind of movies, you know what I mean? So it's like they can, the you know, at the heart or at the center, though, they're just, it's characters. It's finding these compelling characters from a vent and telling the story from a vantage point that you might not have seen before. So that like big, big show, like about a financial crisis will be told from the point of view of these three women, right? Like we've heard the story, we've seen the story, but it's always from like the guys that are running it and, and it's weird because it's also, you're always like, like they're always painted like very sympathetic. And like, meanwhile, they've like totally like <laughs> screwed up. Anyway. So it's like, we just, we just think, oh, you might know the story, but if you hear it from this point of view, maybe it feels completely different, you know? And so that's been what we've been looking for. How do you find the writers you work with? Do they usually come attached to the projects? Like, is it through agents or just, you know, other friends? Yeah, that's a good question. All of the above, probably. Um, you know, sometimes we've we have a book. I think it's that book I was telling you about that is like a really like uh, genre kind of cool world building thing. And in that one, we found a writer who um, just really like just embodied kind of everything we needed. And she's um, her name is Gita Kalazardi, and she's somebody who again is going to have just a huge. TV career. She's absolutely wonderful. And um, so she just was sort of the right fit. So we that was a particular scenario where we found a book and then we found a writer and we put all those pieces together. Um, there have been times where, um, you know, people have sent us material or put me in touch with people. Um, so someone came to us with a book and an idea to do it as a film. And then, you know, and then so we spent, you know, time you know, working on that together. Um, so we, we are repped. Um, so we get stuff through our agents, 
I'll often do like general. So we actually have a, a, you know, a couple of things that have come to us that way. And then, you know, exactly. It's like sometimes friends will kick stuff over to you. I mean, it's a weird, it's a weird, it's weird how it works, but it's, it's like all of those channels. I've met people at series fest, you know? Um, yeah, it's kind of all of the above. I love that. Um, so we had the pleasure at series fest of showing girls weekend, which is mm. a tremendous independent pilot. And I wanted to hear a little bit about, um, the story. First of all, if you could tell a little bit about, uh, about the project and then shooting an independent pilot, I guess, versus an independent film and a little bit about that experience and journey and why I decided to shoot it. Yeah. Um, Gosh, I love that. Um, we won an award at Series Fest for that. That was like so exciting. We, I love that show. So that is a, um, I'm just turning my head because we have, I have the poster. That um, So Girls Weekend um, is written by uh, Ali Liebegott. Um, Ali Liebegott, if you guys don't know her, you, should, you know, like Google her. She's, she's fucking genius. And she she's a writer. She's somebody I've known probably for, for a long time knew her in San Francisco when she was before she came out and wrote for television um she's written a, a, a number of books they're all wonderful everything from like short stories to poetry to like but they're all just like just so I they're, they're inexplicable they're really really good um she, and she came out here um to write on transparent that was her first tv gig and um, so she was doing that and it's had like a really sort of like a career that's just sort of like everybody like, you know, wants her to write on their show. So she's she's grown very rapidly from like never having done a bit of television to like, you know, doing great stuff. Um, and she I she also does stand up comedy. It's fucking hilarious. You guys, I can't tell you. How funny Wait, what? She, <laughs> yeah. Just stand up comedy with this with Michelle T. And it's like they do this like they used to do this like night. I mean, now none of us can ever go anywhere or do anything in front of people, which is such a drag. But I think it'll come back. But they would do like this stand up comedy. And I brought Kira to see her do her stand up comedy. And they had met and. We just were, it was like, we kept coming back to like, but Allie's so great, but Allie's so great. And, you know, at some point we just brought her in and we were like, what do you want to do? Like, what is the story you want to tell? What is the thing that you want to make? And she started to talk about like her family, you know, and how, how, you know, specific her family is. She grew up with like, uh, she just, just to give you like a visual of Allie is like, you know, like female identified, but like, um, masculine, uh, ma masculine presenting, right? Ma like a masculine presenting female. And, um, she, she, you know, was sort of like the oddball in her family and, you know, had this like very kind of like great relationship with them, but also fraught, you know, it's, um, and, and everybody was kind of like one, you know, like a little more like I guess red is the word, you know, like more right wing or whatever. And she was like, it's like, like liberal arts, like going to college, writing books. It was like very, you know, strange. And so she always wanted to tell the story of like, what would it be like if this person had to go home and like, you know, try to see their family, meet with their family. And something that we're really interested in is that idea of like, like, what do you do right now? What do you do if you're like that person that has like this, like more progressive politics or, you know, like, but, you know, um, and your family, you know, especially your white family, right? Because we're in a time right now where there's so much polarization around race and there's so much polarization around, you know, how are we looking at things, you know, especially those of us that are trying to be, you know, trying to understand that the world needs to move fo forward. Um, and yet, like our our parents or our cousins or our, you know, relatives are like sort of like stuck in this place of, you know, you know, having a different point of view and what would that look like and how do we start that conversation and what, what conversations can we have around that? And we just thought it was so fascinating. And also the only way to have that conversation, especially on TV is humor in my opinion, right? Because it's just too fucking hard. Like it's too hard. And so we thought like, you know, wouldn't it be fun to just do like a little proof of concept is the first thing that we ever did for the company, we could have Kira directed and we got all our friends to be in it. We got like Amy Landacker and Linda Lavin. And like, so we had this like incredible cast and we just, you know, and I was like, you know, and I've made, we've made, you know, like I've made, 
plenty of shorts in my career. And, you know, and so we just thought, well, let's just do like essentially a short. So it's like a 10 minute sort of proof of concept, but it could also stand alone. And we, we made it and submitted it to Sundance and it, you know, we took it to Sundance as part of the Sundance episodic labs, um, which was incredible. Um, it was so funny because that same year, oh, I'm going to forget the name of it. Um, there was another show with a Butch Dyke and it's a show I love so much. And it's going to kill me. It's Abby's show. Shit, I'm going to have to Google it. But um, it was like the minute and that show had sold to Showtime or something. And I was like, oh, all right, we're never selling our show. <laughs> so we did, you know, we did pitch it and we did take it out. But that's that thing of like the heartache. Right. It was like there's so many like this was a show that like it went to Sundance. It was beloved. It um, it uh, had incredible cast. It, you know, there was a like it has a an incredible showrunner level writer attached who is an absolute superstar and we just you know we couldn't we just couldn't sell it that year um i always believe that that is the show we will be able to circle back on i'm never letting that one go um but that's you know that's where it's at um but meanwhile it had like it went to a hundred festivals and you know and it was such a blast to make well, it's brilliant and we are behind <laughs> you. So, you know, don't let it go. <laughs> I know, I know. I never will. I never will. I mean, that's like from coming from independent film, you know, it's like stuff, you know, you'll hold on to stuff for like, oh my God, 10 years. I believe we've made movies that you don't, you know, so it's sort of like for me, I'm like, okay, we're just going to put a pin in that. We're going to revisit, you know? So I always, I always think, you know, that there's a world where that show could come up again. Um, and that's the thing too. It's like, you know, I always think about this kind of, you know, stuff for me, it's like, it's a long game. It's funny. Like when you talk to people that I've been married a long time, you know, I've been with the same person for 18 years. I'm not like Kira married. Like they're like, I think they're like 30 years. So that's like insane. Right. But, um, but you know, you'll tell people that, especially like newlyweds and you're like, you know, yeah, like some, you know, you could have a bad year or two. And they're like, look at you like, oh, you know, like they think you're going to be like a bad hour or a bad week, you know, and you're like, you just feel like you just told them something really <laughs> terrible that they should never know. Um, but, you know, I think with film, it's like it's the same thing. And with TV, it's like it's a really long game. Right. Like you're sort of like I always think about like I'm in I'm in this. This is like a career for me. This is like a long this is like a marathon, you know? So I know that relationships that, you know, if something doesn't work out today, you know, if someone passes on a project, you know, for any number of reasons, it's like that, you know, two, three, five years from now, we might come back. Like it's a, it's a real cyclical, um, it's life, right? It's, it's cyclical. It, things come back, it's relationships and, you know, and it's also like, you know, so it's, it's like, what's the fun um, along the way, um, so that, you know, so that you, so that that stuff doesn't, you know, make you want to kill yourself, <laughs> you know, stuff doesn't break your way. Cause it can, it can be tough, right. It's, it's hard when, when you really want something to go and, and it doesn't, and that can be sort of heartbreaking. So, you know, I think what I've found is to have some buoyancy and a bit of a, I don't know if it's a thick skin or if it's just a, um, an acceptance. That's what it is. An acceptance around, you know, that that's that I can control the parts I can control and I'm out of control about the parts I can't. I think that's great advice in the industry. And as both you and Randy have said in life, um, I feel like you've given us so many good um Nuggets. I keep saying that word lately. I don't know why, but um, um, like have them written who doesn't down. Like here. a nugget. I know. I just feel like you <laughs> gave all these good nuggets. Well, before we wrap up, I have one last question for you. If you could have worked on any television show in history, mm. what would it have been, and what would you have done on it? Oh my gosh, that's a question. Um, uh, and I only get to pick one. Dear <laughs> Lord. Um, it's so funny. Two things popped into my mind. One okay. is, you know, is, is Fleabag just to, just because it's so brilliant. And I just think like, I would have just, I would have just liked to have, um, um, uh, been Phoebe Waller Bridges, you know, handmade and just brought her things right. on a tray, you know, <laughs> here's your water, here's your, you know, um, 
And I think just because there's something that's so perfect about that. And then this is so random, but, um, you know, um, the other thing that popped into my mind was Star Trek, <laughs> the original, <laughs> because I used to, like, like I grew up on that shit and like just watching like when like the doors would open or like, or like, how did you get all those little weebles in there? And like, just like something about like the, like, like, I love the, pra- like, I love the practical sets and the practical um, props of all of that. And, and also it was so groundbreaking, you know, in terms of like, you know, um, being, taking an idea of we're going to put these people in a really unusual and uncomfortable situation. Okay. Space. Right. But, and when you're there, we can, we can talk about or tackle any possible, you know, any possible subject, right? Because it's not, because it's the future or because, you know, the people are blue, you know, or, you know, and I think that there, I think there just must've been something so um, great about that process. And I think it would be something that I could, um, that both the, the hilarity of it and the seriousness of it. And, you know, I think together is something that could have been quite fun. Mostly, you know, it's hard for me to answer those kinds of hypotheticals because I'm like, I don't like want to work on the stuff I'm working on. Right. But, um, but, but, but those, that would be my answer. Um, since I want to play along. (laughs) Well, may you live long and prosper. So I guess I I know I'm going to get my, I mean, my God, it's so funny that that's the thing that popped into my mind. Um, you know, that, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not even that big of a Star Trek nerd, but apparently now I, now I am. Now I've let it out of the bag. That's awesome. Well, great answers. Thank you for being so candid and open with us um, and discussing everything from your, you know, first days in porn to, (laughs) you know, making movies with Kira Sedgwick. Let us be clear, porn PA. No, I was never yes, in front yes. of like, porn um, PA. Only behind the camera. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a pleasure. I, I'm, 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 uh, you know, I'm honored to have the opportunity to chat with you guys. It's really fun, and I'm, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm fans, and I'm, I'm a super fan. Of, I'm like a super fan of Series Fest. I think you guys are awesome, and so thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in for today's episode. Series Fest is a nonprofit organization, and our work would not be possible without our incredible board of directors, staff, and partners who make programs like this podcast possible. We have ongoing competitions, initiatives, and mentorship programs year-round, so please check us out at seriesfest.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to stay up to date on announcements. This episode was edited by Neil Trulio with original music by Adam Westbrook. <laughs>